The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Srilatha Rajamani. Srilatha is a comedian living in New York City. In the past few years, Srilatha has been finding her voice as a comedian, and along the way, she's also been discovering her identity. From an arranged marriage to coming out as asexual, Srilatha shares how performing helped her find who she really is. Hey, Srilatha, how's it going? Oh, it's going well, brilliantly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here. This is cool. This room is cool. I'm just I'm just seeing Doctor Who, and I saw, like, Powerpuff Girls out there that oh, you yes, did my with Powerpuff Lego. Legos. Yeah, yes. I'm just, this is, it's, it's like a dream. Like, me, 20 years ago, I would have done anything to live like this. You know? Yeah, like, I'm still living out my childhood and toys and Legos that I have just sitting around my apartment, so mm-hmm. that's... Now, I have K-pop, and you have that. Yes, it's okay. Yes, we both have. <laughs> we have our things, yeah. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, what, what did you want to talk about today? The joys of being, you know... The joys of being single yeah. and asexual is just, I just want to break the taboo. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like such a pretentious person right now. I'm not an expert in anything. <laughs> well, this isn't for experts. This is not an, a, a podcast for experts. It's a podcast for people to come and kind of share their story with like, yeah, their relationship with love. Yeah, and... I, I'm a loving person. Yeah. I just that I don't like sex. Sex is gross <laughs> for me. Yeah, like you had... You had that like experience in middle school of like hearing about sex the first time and being like, Ugh, and then that still exists in it's you just today. Pretty much. Yeah. And it's not just because of that, but it's like, I, I, you know, India, it w- I grew up in India. So yeah. at that time, uh, like, you know, 80s, 90s at that time, like Western TV was still not there. Okay. So a lot of our influences came from like our mythology and, you know, like, um, you know, like Bollywood or, you know, the Indian movies. And uh like literally, you know, you have like this, uh, you know, I've heard of this phrase, uh, couples dancing with room for Jesus. We had like the, with room <laughs> yeah. for like an entire freaking forest, you know, p- like all the loving actions we would see. There was never really like sex part of it. Uh, so for me, that wasn't like, I didn't really, I thought I was, I guess I thought I was like, you know, like everybody else. It didn't really think for me. It didn't feel like it was a thing at all. Yeah, because um, it wasn't something you were seeing in pop culture. You weren't seeing like I sexuality. Wasn't seeing, anyway. I wasn't seeing sexuality directly, so I didn't really think that you know there was something. But then growing up and realizing, oh, this is it, and then like, oh, I don't like this, but maybe, <laughs> maybe you know, I should just like you know, just you know, this thing, old phrase. Again, I'm talking old phrases because I'm old, but also all my references, my literature references. Yeah. I my formative years were like old you know let us like close your eyes and think of England that is the thing they used to do I think in the second world war when you know women were first and second you're like you needed children because so many people died so they would close their eyes and think of England and then procreate Oh, I see. Like, this was your way of, like, getting through things to getting for the greater good of, like, humanity. Good. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know if it's humanity, but I thought sex, I like, oh, man, how this is just, it, I didn't even have, like, a prelude to this. Okay, yeah. I'm diving deep. Yeah, that's okay. But, um, like, my, you know, when I was, like, you know, uh, 
an adult, like technically of marriageable age. Yes. And my da- parents were like, yeah, arranged marriage is a thing in India. And it is, has always been a thing. Even now it is a thing. But my parents were also like, is there some someone, you know, you like? Are you seeing some? Like I said, no, I don't. And uh, is it okay then if we start looking for you? And I was like, is it necessary? Yeah, you can't be alone all your life. And at that time, I was like, I didn't have the experience to ask, why can't I be alone? Yeah, life? like your culture is basically saying this is just a part of what life is supposed to be. Yeah. You're supposed to spend it with somebody, yeah. which I would say is also true in America, too. That yeah. feels like a big part of the world that I was brought up in is like, yeah, every movie and this and that. It's like, yeah, your culture is like you find somebody and you're with them and yeah. then you like have a family and whatever. Yeah, exactly. And you live and you exist that way. And that is a thing. And I just didn't know enough to, you know, question that. And honestly, I know I don't have like a tragic or a bad history or anything like that in that sense no one forced me no one did anything Uh, but I didn't I went through that like I went through the array because honestly I didn't feel like I should if I didn't have that kind of interest in anybody I didn't want to like you know I didn't want to waste my time really so I went through the arranged marriage thing you know did you actually like wind up with somebody or did you just go through the process of meeting I a bunch of up, people? Yeah, I did. I did. And then I met somebody. And basically, like, for me, it was more like, you know, what they are talking, you know, what sense they make and how interesting they are as a person rather than rather than looking at them as a prospective sexual partner. Yeah. You know, that part was never a thing for me. Yeah, you were still thinking in that non-sexual way of like, who can I like have a life with and not thinking about this other element that exists. And maybe, you know, and and at that time also, I was fairly like, in the sense, I really didn't want to spend my life, you know, doing nothing against, you know, like my mother, you know, she, she gave up her, you know, career and everything just for family I didn't want to do that I knew that I had to you know and I wanted somebody who would like and Indian men are still like on the surface yeah but not all Indian men I don't know much about Indian men either (laughs) but from my own family I can say that you know they it's just this dichotomy of like you know yeah you want a wife who's working but you also want her to come home and cook and make all the meals that kind of stuff you know yes which I didn't really want and I uh I I you know I have seen that in my family and if you're doing that voluntarily that's fine but if you're doing it because society forces you to I really feel like that is not me whoever is doing that right now maybe you know it's their choice maybe it isn't and if it isn't, I hope they don't continue to because it, 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 you just have this life to live. And if you're going to do this in a resentful way because people are forcing you, that just it's just sad. Yeah, because that's a lot to one be like, yeah, because you're, you're basically having two societal pressures put on you of like one, find a partner, but two, then like live this life live once this you life. find a partner. Yeah, And, you know, uh, like it, it was... You know, like, you know, you should give up everything for your child, uh, you know, and you make sure that your child is doing well. And, you know, a, a lot of the times, you know, you'll see like when, okay, fast forwarding, you know, when I had my daughter, I was living in the Bay Area, California, okay. in a very Indian, like very Asian Indian community. And uh, for, a, for a few years, I didn't have the visa to work. So I was on, you know, um, I, I had the, like, after my daughter was born, I took some time off from work because of that and and it was pretty hard and when I started working she was still very young but I felt like it was tough leaving her and you know and I used to get a lot of this thing from my own family like why do you want to you should be focusing on her because this is the only time and in a way I still feel like you know I, I still feel like 
didn't do such a bad i wasn't the best parent but i don't think anyone can say they are the best parent you know retrospectively we all have things that we question um so i just feel like i didn't i mean she's not a serial killer i didn't raise yeah, a serial yeah. killer or someone who was like evil you know so yeah. okay she's <laughs> and, a good person and your goal was to be able to like balance your life of being a parent with also like your work life that you yeah. want the career you wanted to have yeah and i i don't regret those choices but that was another pressure so with all of this and you know like sex never i mean i didn't enjoy sex at all i truly didn't yeah. nothing about the process in itself but for me it was just like it it it, it just wasn't uh, and you know i do i love my daughter and i'm capable of love and i i have feelings you know i still you know i I'd, i'd love to have companionship i'd love to you know you know do things but i don't like sex at all not because of anything bad in me but that is just me yeah it wasn't even like a negative experience or this it was just like you came to this conclusion of like this is not something i, I was born want. this way yeah <laughs> <laughs> That so. was the Lady Gaga song was for you. That, that was, was for me. I heard it and I'm like, dude, yes, but it was it is awkward, right? Like, you know, feeling like this, it's not something I was able to express in within my own culture. And even afterwards, like when I moved to Boston and I started doing comedy and you know, I started getting more out of the, you know, Indians in America culture, which is very close-knit and very yeah. you know, very judgy in a way but also like you know that is just a lot of obligations even within that and i moved out of that culture happily i you know i i i like i still have friends uh you know in in, the, in that particular you know but it's just for me that was in me so i think my feelings of how i want my life to be when my daughter was growing up and when i was working i started living in america i think gave me that freedom to be the person i wanted to be uh i don't think i could have done that this living in india maybe i could have done comedy in india i don't know i truly don't know but i don't think i could have lived this life um without you know without feeling judged and questioned without hurting a lot of people uh disappointing a lot of people like my parents don't know the way i live my life right now and they are in india so it's good that they don't i'm not ashamed of what i'm doing or how i'm living i'm i'm living alone and i like it i'm not ashamed but if they would feel sad and i at this stage in their lives i don't think it is up to me to like hurt any you know feel any uh, values they have yeah you're not trying to to be like this like rebellious teen and go against what your parents wishes are you're just like this is how they view the world and this is how i view the world and i, I want mean, us to I both tried. like view this world and yeah i tried doing what they it, it, i honestly gave it a shot and i yeah. didn't work for me and i don't regret anything i you know i i don't regret that i don't regret ha- having married i don't regret you know having a, a daughter but i do love the way my life is right now and this is how i want to live my life it took me like over 40 years to find how i want to live my life and and it feels good and uh it's just that it is not it is not something that i don't feel lonely it i never have yeah I like being alone. Well, and I also feel like I'm somebody and we were talking about this before we started like recording recording of like I I'm the type of person who when the second I get home I just want to like close my door to my room and just like just shut myself off from the world and I need that part of me yeah. to like recharge and be sane. Yeah. 
and you were kind of saying like that same thing of like just ne- just kind of appreciating your own time. I do like it. I yeah. like traveling alone. I like to go and eat in restaurants. Um, I don't mind having a friend. Like yeah. you know, if I ever find a a friend or a partner in life um, who is definitely not interested in sex, gross, gross, gross for me. Okay, <laughs> uh, it's gross. The whole process for me is gross. Okay, repeat it. I mean, when you think about it a lot, there is a lot of parts of sex that you're like, yeah, this is kind of weird. It's, it's yeah. This is weird that this is a thing. It is, yeah. It is just, it is just that, you know. I, I don't think it would have been such a big thing, and you know, except that it resulted in the propagation of species. So yes, probably the fact that's that it became why. a requirement for us to yeah. continue living. Otherwise, I don't think people would. I, I mean, I think some people would have probably thought, yeah, we can do without it, you know. Uh, but it was weird even after I started doing comedy, and I was like, I was, you know, I was seeing, and you know people uh, in the LGBTQ community a lot more. Um, and, you know, I still didn't feel like I could come out and say this is me. Um, I, I had come out to myself, but I really couldn't come out to the world. Uh, when just, was when was the first time that you started, you know, saying that you were asexual to the world? About like, two months ago. Oh, so very recently. Yeah, very recently. And the actual, I said it like in privacy. Yeah. Um, and the actual time I said it out in public like at a mic was at that story. Oh, the story that I was at? <laughs> yeah. So I literally saw you come, come out. out. Wow. It just felt like, I, you know, he was talking, the theme was about love. Yeah. And Asher just emailed me the day before uh, to, you know, um, ask me if I wanted to do this. And I didn't have it, but I, I just felt like maybe this is a time when I can just do it without feeling, because everyone is a stranger. That when I saw you, I yeah. was like, oh, I know somebody. Now this is going to be awkward. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you didn't, I I'm, I feel like I didn't ruin it for you. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. But again, you know, I just, it just happened in the flow, really. Yeah. Then. And I, I mean, just being there and you did such a great job of like sharing this thing about you that is like, this is a thing about me and it doesn't matter. I just want to say it so I can like live my life. And now knowing that that was the first time you've said that out loud is even kind of more empowering. Like hearing that you kind of saying that for the first time is amazing. And do you feel like it's been how has it been since saying it out loud for the first time? Do you just feel like a relief in that I, you're just... In a weird way. See, yeah. I never... I knew this is me for so many years. And I thought I was okay, like, being that, you know, in, you know, and not telling anyone else. And I didn't think it impacted me. But after doing that, I think I've started becoming a lot more, like, bolder and a lot more... I'm, I'm like... I'm now able to think of like a lot more things I want to say and write, not just related to my sexuality, yeah, yeah, yeah. but other things. Like recently, I wrote I wrote this thing about a new bit about a bagel, and and I it, it, I'm just feeling freer now than I have ever felt before. With you know, not that anyone was stopping me, but I think I that was stopping myself from being. Yeah, it's a very empowering thing to take yeah. charge of that, right? Like you're you're taking this identity and making it your own when you knew it was part of you but you're just kind of like oh well I can't really talk about this and then like I guess sharing it made it so much probably a burden was lifted yes exactly and it just feels so nice I mean it it just I think I'm writing a lot more and I'm probably I've always loved enjoying and writing but now I feel a lot more that hey I love doing this this is super awesome and um, I think that's why I'm like very glad I moved to New York because I don't think I would have done done this anywhere else. Like I knew too many people in Boston. It would have felt a lot more awkward. Yeah. And so I guess for you, because you've 
like, and maybe we can go back a little bit too, because I know you've been talking about these like kind of major chapters in your life of moving to America. I mean, I just kind of, I'm, I'm curious about that. Like when you moved to America, were you still married or were you? Yeah. Okay. And so what, what, what was it that made you come to America? I guess is my first question. I guess it is the thing. Like I studied here, like I did my grad school here. So uh, that was one thing. Yeah, you're already uh, kind of I was already, experiencing yeah. it. And- yeah, and uh, also uh, it was just jobs, really, like, you know, tech jobs yeah. and stuff. And uh, that was it, really. It wasn't like a, a huge... Yeah, thing. no, I was curious. I wasn't sure if, like, the the marriage had ended and you were just went off to America to kind of live your life, or I wasn't sure in the no, no, timeline no, no, of No, 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 no. I was married here. I was still married. And so what was it that made you decide to get separated was it like the the was like the sex part of element of it or was just other things it that were going other on things basically job related you know yeah. having a job like i uh had i found a job in the east coast um in north carolina yeah and uh you know and and we had never been intimate yeah. for a while like after my daughter was born we had never really been intimate for a long time before and you know you go where the job is really that is the reality of a person on a work visa you go where the yeah. job is. So uh, it, it just, uh, you know, and then when you're like living, I had already, that is like, that was like when we actually physically separate, like, you know, move to different parts of the country. Um, my daughter then went to Boston area for school. And then I, um, I was able to move to another job, which let me work from a remote location. So I didn't want to be that separated from her. So from I moved from North Carolina to Boston yeah. to be near my daughter. Yeah, I know it's like that journey too. It's like, so you're having this physical journey and then you also said you were getting like into comedy. Like what was the thing that made you decide this was something you wanted to start doing in your life too? So um, in Boston, um, I, I had been sick uh, uh, and I recovered. And during that time I was like, Oh, this is like literally it. This is my life. You take stock of things when you're faced with something big. And it's a cliche, but you do. And I realized that eh, this is just, I've done nothing. Um, I uh, I started then taking an improv class just because I was an improv theater near where I lived. Which, where, where was it? Improv at? Boston. Yeah, I that's, where I, took, that's where I yeah. took improv when I was living yeah. in Boston. So I went to, uh, and I didn't enjoy, like, improv is great, but it wasn't for me. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I really like it, but I'm like, eh. Yeah, and uh, so I ended up, like, taking a stand-up class because I'd already paid for an improv class, and then I realized I don't want to, but. <laughs> right, so this I just, like, walked into the stand-up class, and uh, it was, I felt like, yeah, this is fun. And I, I just realized that talk, you know. Me doing this, maybe I like being alone in life. I like being alone on stage too. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> yeah, um, there is something about improv that is such a gr- like. There's a greatness to that group dynamic, but then there's times when I'm like, yeah, I kind of just want to like do my own thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. It is weird how you just saying that made me think about yeah, like oh yeah, I do kind of like being alone a lot. I wonder if that is has something to do with <laughs> yeah the fact that I have gone into like comedy storytelling. Which is a very solo thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love storytelling too. From stand-up, I moved to storytelling by accident. Um, I, I just like storytelling so much because it is a place where you can truly be yourself without like... Stand-up, you can, but you also have to worry about the setup, the punchline and stuff. Yeah. Storytelling, you know, you can just be yourself and you and the audience in storytelling, they're a lot nicer than stand-up audience. Well, there's just like... I, I've been having this conversation with people. There's just that little thing of like... 
I think they one they give you a little bit more time like they're because it's a story you're not giving them a joke every 10 seconds where if they're like I haven't laughed what are you doing I need something from you yeah, right there's like a yeah. patience that sort of exists in storytelling audience a little more but yeah then I feel like the community here is just so nice yeah and and any people generally say a lot of things about New York you know comedy and the community yeah and generally a lot of bad stuff going on but you know, maybe it's because of my advanced age, or you know, whatever, but I've never really. uh, And also maybe because I'm not doing that where I'm like, literally, um, you know, I'm not doing a huge amount of, you know, is that a word still? I don't know. Networking? Is that a word? Yeah, people use networking. (laughs) Okay, I don't know. I still don't. I I was like, I literally didn't know what an okay boomer was until I asked on Facebook yesterday. (laughs) So I don't know things. I think that's pretty new, though. That's like, yeah very, yeah yeah you're okay <laughs> networking yeah i don't do much of that yeah. i just like send videos and if there's someone posts hey i'm look- looking for comics then i send them a video i don't even proactively yeah approach you're not people. i don't do that either i just feel awkward it's just so much of an imposition on people's you know i i feel very rude to do that i don't know it's probably my deficiency as a comic i should be more there but well i was just gonna say so but it feels like there's this parallel running with you like figuring out comedy but also you kind of finding your voice right like there's and you being able to like say this thing you said a few weeks ago for the first time right it's like so much of it is very similar to the other and i don't still know what my voice is i'm still trying to discover that so i'm like okay and and to come out and do that and and that is why you know i was saying how i felt i've been feeling so much better over the last you know two months since i did this was because you know i think i something that was you know blocking me from being you know true to myself because you have to be true to yourself on stage as a comic or a storyteller right you you have to be the audience will know if you're faking it yes. there so you know and and i feel like i'm just i'm just grateful for that moment of that you know that storytelling you know, to asher and that show because i was like i didn't think i was going to i didn't think i had the courage to and then i just it it just felt nice and now i'm feeling so much better yeah that i mean that's so nice was that something that going into that show you thought you'd say out loud like I guess like you coming to terms with this thing where you're like, this is something I'm going to say on stage or was it just sort of the the See, moment? that is a problem. I had prepared a set list. I yeah. was going to do this. I, I was going to touch upon it, but I wasn't going to go in detail. But then when I went there and there were people look, I don't know what happened. I started, you know, it just, it my set list that I had written down for that story was, my story set was very different from what I did up there because somehow that it I just started talking and then things started falling in place just so different from what I had uh, you know written down so um, and that it, it just it, a whole bunch of things were like pouring through my head into my mouth and I just it was just hard to stop <laughs> yeah it yeah it's cliche I don't know I'm just talking so much cliche now no it's, but it's I know because I'm just I just I find it really interesting of like because it is something that like, yeah, it seemed like this was something that you had a lot of stress about or maybe not actively, but it was something that you felt stressed. It's a constraint. You yeah, can't exactly. Be, you can't, you know, I can talk about racism until the sky turns blue or whatever, <laughs> but I, you know. it. Yeah, this, this is was, just not something that you were like 
had been talking to anybody about. Yeah, and it was, you know, and and not been being a comic and not being able to talk about your sex life. Come on, are you even a comic? It's bad enough that I don't have a dick. You know, that is like already <laughs> a strike against you as a comic. I mean, depending on who you're, th- some people would be like, that's a better, th- I'd rather, I'd prefer that comic. Oh, no, you just said there was a story, re- so-called, but quote, unquote, research published that said women comics are not as funny. Some um, idiot researcher from North Carolina, obviously it's North Carolina, um, <laughs> you know, uh, doing this thing where, oh, it's, and it's also comedy is subjective. How are you? Who, who are your people? Which, what clips? Like, really, you can't say one person, women are not as, fu- you know, funny as male comics when it just blows my mind that someone actually spent money someone actually sponsored that <laughs> yeah, study. to do this study it's... well yeah and i think that's like obviously very untrue and the people that i mean i would say one i really respect you as a comedian but two it's like i would say that a lot of the people i really look up to in this world are women and it's weird that that there's still that perception of like there's a I don't know a gap right yeah, I, I think comedy is something that you know it does not a gender doesn't determine your funniness or lack thereof it is it's someone someone to link a gender with this art form is just stupid yeah you can be funny whatever your gender is or if you don't have a gender it doesn't matter it's funny is totally different it's like two different circles that doesn't intersect in that Venn diagram Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel so smart. (laughs) I still, uh, people are generally like, just because I said it now, sometimes people come and say, hey, I'm an asexual too. And then they ask, are you sex positive, sex negative? And I... I don't know still the terms. I'm still, you know, I don't know. I'm not an ex. <laughs> I'm like Googling stuff myself to find out what I am. Yeah. So you kind of like came to this conclusion and now you're like, oh, I got to kind of actually figure out what this is. I should is. know the terms now. Yeah. And I'm not like still there. I don't, I mean, not that I'm still there. I just know what I am. And to, you know, I don't, do we have to always be categorized? Yeah. Th- I think that's the other thing. It's like that idea of like you have to exist in this one term. I mean, especially today where I just feel like it's becoming such a thing where it's like it doesn't matter. Like it's you are who you are kind of thing. And yeah. it goes back to just feeling empowered in, in yeah. the person you are. I'm, I'm totally enjoying this. Just let me be. I'm like, I'm again, I'm not anti love. And I don't, are you like anti love? I'm, I'm not. I, I'm like, why? Why? Sh- why? I don't understand the question sometimes. And I'm still not an expert. I'm Googling like everybody else. I think it's, yeah, it is funny that there's just this, this, I don't know, all these stakes on like, you have to, whatever you are, you have to, yeah, the fact that people are like, are you sex positive or sex negative? And you're just like, what? I don't. I don't know what I those just, terms yeah, are. I like, am, wanna, am like... I against sex for myself and for others? No. <laughs> you you do you, like literally. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can, you know, I don't care like it's not that it's i don't judge anything i'm just like trying to figure out myself leave me alone (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah like i'm happy that i said this but i also now need some time to figure out like what exactly i am looking for in the world (laughs) yeah world peace maybe some forests you know so you know i don't I, i mean i honestly do see I'm not going to live as long as most a lot of other people are. So I shouldn't. I still care about those things. I'm still capable of loving. Yeah. I love the earth. I love the environment. I love my daughter. I love K-pop. I mean, I so much. I love my friends. I love comedy. There's just a lot of things. You know, my parents. So much love in me. But it doesn't mean I have to do the 
horizontal hoochie coochie. That's it. <laughs> That's all I know right now about me. <laughs> yeah, I mean that feels like a very good place to leave things. That like no horizontal hoochie coochie or vertical hoochie coochie. Okay, no. no okay, so no. It's, or upside down. Upside down. Yeah. Any if it has hoochie coochie in it, you don't want. Yeah. It. You're, no, you're like good to me. skip that one. Not for me. Yeah. I'm just like you know. Yeah. Yes. Thanks so much for sharing all this, Trilafa. Um, yeah, if people, do you have like a Twitter or an Instagram or something if people want to like find you on the internet or something? Um, not, well, okay, so I just created a Twitter account. Oh, okay. Uh, but I hope no one follows me. I don't want anyone to. Okay. Because that is a Twitter account just to follow K-pop and Great British Yeah, K-pop. you're not like, you're not sending out tweets. Uh... I know, although like, yesterday I tweeted something about a general, you know, there's just a lot of uh, right-wing incel activity in certain fandoms and I was moved enough to and I'm like I should probably delete it because although it got a lot of like you know what you know what is that likes called likes or, and yeah, yeah, yeah. the Retweets. what is that proportion oh they have some terms now there's like mathematical terms on Twitter now oh like getting ratioed Just yes like... getting ratioed I thought proportion but yes, yeah same thing yeah, that yeah. thing yeah um, but I don't yeah but it, Instagram is where I'm at okay. where I feel happy and um, that is uh, Sri Lata Sauce. Cool. Well, thanks so much for sharing, Sri Lata. This was fun. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. Love Hurts.